Hi, welcome to On the Bright Side. Life on the Bright Side? Light on the Bright Side. Life? On the Bright Side. Yes! Yes. With? With? Kyle? Kyle and Mommy. Thank you. Hello, Brightsiders, and welcome to Life on the Bright Side, our podcast. We're happy to be here, and today is a beautiful sunny Monday. I am forecasting that because today is a rainy day on a Sunday when we are recording this. Welcome, everybody. It is, I believe that it is day 12. I am in a time warp because we have been doing 30 days, 30 autism t-shirts, 30 podcasts in a row in acceptance of autism for Autism Acceptance Month, Autism Awareness Month, whatever you want to call it. We are here for families facing autism. And in light of that, we have a guest today. I'm thrilled to have Kara Renninger here from Aligned for Learning. Thanks for having me, Isabel. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. And what happens when you collect friends, and I'm a curator of experiences and people and things that have to do with things I love. And one of the things that I happen to love talking about is autism. So immediately when I started doing these 30 days, I said, I have to get Kara in here. And somehow we had the planets align to talk about Align for Learning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, we did. It was a lucky moment for us to be able to get together. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about your experience at home, which brought you to Align for Learning. Mm -hmm. I'm a mom of four, and I've also worked in the special education field for the past 15 plus years. And, um, you know, in my own experiences, we've been through a variety of different diagnoses and different learning needs. And um, I really started on this path of Aligned for Learning to be able to help guide parents and um, help steer parents away from maybe some of the experiences that I had that weren't as pleasant in raising my family and advocating for my children and for other children. And I love that. I'm, I'm getting a visual of you being a tour guide <laughs> and steering them away. You are the person in the front of the bus with the microphone saying, okay, here on the right, we have the experience of going to the doctors. And over here on the left, we have the experience of dealing with an IEP. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think that's a really good explanation of it because like I said, I, I mean, like all parents of kids who may learn in different ways. Um, you know, I've been through my share of experiences. I've been all the way through due process, legal court proceedings for over a year um, to, you know, just helping other families through work, making sure that their kids have what they need, working with different um, autism providers to ensure that they're meeting the needs of the families and the kids. And, you know, it is such a journey for all of us. It really is. And, um, you know, that's why I'm really passionate about helping parents. I um, when I originally started my business, I was kind of focused on advocacy, and I've always been a, such a strong advocate. And um, but, like I said, over the years, I've really kind of learned it's it's not always about fighting. And so, my passion and my mission is really teaching parents how to advocate without having to fight. Um, you know, I'm I'm not even recommending that parents go hire advocates or go hire attorneys. There's a lot that you can do as a parent first before spending money on those things, and we're with our kids forever. So it's important that we understand how to advocate for our kids. And, um, you know, and I learned the hard way uh, to 
not take care of myself during the process and, you know, affect my health and be stressed out. And, you know, you know how that is as adults, we have to make time for ourselves. So I want to help other parents say, you can advocate for your kids. You can be that parent that you want to be, and you don't have to go crazy doing it. Yes. This is obviously speaking to the choir here because um, that's why I do what I do. And knowing that what you are doing is using the gifts that you have learned along the way. I'd like to think of the things that we have experienced as not negative experiences along the way, but things that build us up and give us the strength. They're the pebbles in the road so that we can learn, pick those pebbles up and help other people to avoid stepping on those things and along, along the way. And, and it is interesting because we can do that for our children. And we think that we are helping them but sometimes they do need to have those experiences. So in order to learn from them and to move forward in a more mindful way so that they are actually learning something. So I, I love the, the phraseology of aligned for learning because of the fact that you are putting them in alignment for experiences that some people might think of as negative, but other people think of them as enriching and learning so much about what the greater world thinks about our loved ones. So um, going and sitting in uh, an IEP meeting, for those of you who are not uh, parents or educators, an IEP is an individualized education plan in the United States. That's what we call them. And I think that the IEP, because of the fact that I'm in New Jersey, this is the question that I had, because I know a lot of people want to reach out to you um, after this conversation. Um, it's, it's the same in essence, I guess, in each state, uh, because you are not from New Jersey. That's right. I'm in a neighboring state, but um, you know, IDEA, the special education laws are federal laws. And so, you know, they're carried out by different states. But again, you know, my program is really um, for parents and what I do, it's, it's really not about, um, you know, intricate little details about advocacy. I do offer private consultation services, but that's not really my thing. You know, my thing is really, helping parents learn how to navigate this on their own, helping you feel empowered. Um, and I, I liked what you said about kind of the pebbles in the road and the journeys that we've been on and, and how they can be negative experiences at times. And, you know, that's what I love about you, Isabel, and what you do is bringing positivity to the lives that we live and the experiences that we have. And we go through all these things for a reason. Um, and, you know, like you said, there's different parts in the journey. I think where parents um, if you are an advocate for your kids, if you've ever had to advocate, and I think every parent has at some point, you know, you, once you learn how to fight for something, uh, I found for myself that that was kind of became my way of being. Um, yes. And it was, you know, especially having more than one child with different needs, and it, it became my way of being. And it was kind of, you know, it was empowering to me in some way that if my child needed something, I knew how to fight to get it. And that's great. And I'm glad that I learned that. And I'm glad I can share that with other people. And I want to, but it's also um, not a good way to be in life. You know, it's not a happy way to be in life, always having to fight for things. And so right. I'm kind of on the gentler um, life on the bright side, <laughs> you know, kind of as you're doing the outside <laughs> and saying, you know, there's a different way to do this. You can do this in a different way. Um, and so I think, you know, what I'm sharing today and, and what I'm offering is uh, not state specific. It's worldwide information to help all parents. Wonderful. And, and it's so needed in this world because uh, as we talk about life on the bright side, looking at a situation where 
there is uh, a different opinion on each side on how a loved one is educated, how the goals should be met, what have you. I know that sitting at the IEP table myself with uh, the teachers over the years, and I realized I, I was thinking about it last night, and I have experienced 18 IEP meetings at least. So I, because I know we had more than one each year, a couple of times. So at least 20 IEP meetings in my lifetime. I know in the beginning, the, I was going to say, this should be um, like a, a this, this could be an artwork, like a design in a, because it is in a circle. I started out in the stage of the deer in headlights as a parent and not knowing and sitting there and trusting implicitly every word that comes out of their mouths knowing that they know best, that they are educators, that they are administrators, and they know. And the first IEP that we went into was with my son's early intervention team. They came with me to the IEP to ensure that my son got the services that he needed. Little did I know that they pretty much um, took the letter from the doctor that said he needs this many hours of therapy, this many hours of ABA, and they looked at me and and the letter and laughed hysterically and said, doctors don't know what they're talking about. And pretty much just threw this piece of paper on the side. So knowing that I went from, wow, I know these people are like gods, like doctors, they know what they're talking about to really? And I had to change my mindset greatly because my son was going there every day, whether I liked it or not. And I needed to find a happy middle ground. So I think that personally, and I won't go into this too much, but I do think that the best advice a parent ever gave me was, she's so funny. She said she always brought candy and tissues to every IEP. Mm -hmm. And she said she put them in the middle of the table. And she also brought a huge notebook and this, and the 6A special education guide for the state dog-eared, um, labeled, put post-it notes in there to show them that she knew her stuff. Um, what I always thought was interesting is not being um, uh, too revolutionary, wa not walking in there like, like, you know, with the Trojan helmet on, but, right. but basically saying, I know my stuff. I'm confident in who I am because I am here to address the needs of this person who I love, but also knowing that you trust them enough with this child all day long. So having that delicate balance and the gift for me was that I trusted the educators because the person who was spending the year with my son, I knew would grow to love my son and care for him in every way possible. And I usually learned that very quickly because teachers always explain to you, and you, you know this, they explain to you who your child is in their, through their eyes in whether it's in, um, in notes coming home or in meetings or progress notes, what have you. And genuinely, I can be very thankful for the fact that even when it wasn't the greatest year, people tried their hardest because they genuinely loved what they do. Yeah. I only had one, one instance where a teacher was on his way out and he pretty much phoned it in. Other than that, we made it the best day because the teacher's aide was with him and knew him and understood. So Long story short, what I can say is that you go through those stages where you get to the point where you are more comfortable in your own skin to advocate and advocate the word means to have a voice for someone to advocate. So I think what you do for families is well needed. And like you said, you're giving them 
confidence to be able to step forward into their own power. And a lot of times we don't have that as parents because we are so lost in the day to day that no one else sees because that child might be going into the school perfectly fine, but we just dealt with several tantrums or up all night or d doesn't want to eat the food that we give them or whatever it is. And we have to be able to address that and give our best voice to what their day is. So, um, yeah, I know you. you made some really great points there, Isabella. And, um, I had, I have a post, one of the posts on my Instagram that was really popular. Actually, it was like, what, what is your best IEP get along gift that you bring? Um, and, you know, and I always do recommend that to people. And some people take offense to that, you know, I'm not going to try to please somebody, but um, I, ha I have a guide I recently created for parents on my website. Uh, you can get it at alignforlearning.com slash guide, but it, it's kind of how to advocate and get what your child needs without fighting. And um, one of the points that I cover in there is always approaching the conversation as um, looking for the best outcome, going in with an open heart, always going in and kind of what you're saying, you know, understanding that the people that you're meeting with the IEP team, it sounds very cliche to say that you're all equal members of the team, because a lot of times parents don't feel like that, but the truth is you are. And, right. you know, you, even if you're not being treated that way, you still have to, we have to approach meetings with kind of that collaborative spirit in mind. And I found myself, um, you know, I, I've been to many meetings for my own children and also hundreds, maybe thousands of meetings in my professional career. And so having been to so many IEP meetings, you know, the parents who are prepared, um, you know, those of us who have our things organized, but also come in with an open mind and an open heart, make the most progress. And um, when you were talking, I was thinking about in my journey, how, you know, kind of professionally, there's a few spots in life where parents seem to get stuck. And one of them is like that transition from the early intervention into the school age programming. And then um, another spot, which I'm kind of on this side now is the end of that road, um, which, you know, maybe near where you are too, is, you know, moving on from school-based programming into kind of adult services. And those are the areas where sometimes as parents, we get stuck because what we've learned and what we're doing doesn't necessarily work. Um, and we have to look at things differently. And, and like you said, um, you know, for myself, there are many times where I wasn't able to hear what people were telling me about my child. I wasn't able to listen. I wasn't able to receive the information. I'm looking back now at times I wished I was because there may have been some things in there that were shared that were valuable that I wasn't open-minded to, um, you know, in my life or my children. I thought I had gotten to the point where I thought maybe I knew what was best. Um, and I had worked so hard to get what I thought we needed in place. And just looking back, you know, sometimes you can see. So going into those meetings with an open mind. And I really tell parents, like, consider an IEP meeting or an evaluation meeting, like an interview. Um, you don't have right. to go in there with, and, and that's something else that's in my guide, actually. But you don't have to go in there planning to plan out your IEP for the whole year. Uh, that's a myth. That's a fallacy. You can have more than one IEP meeting. And I say, if that's the only time that you get to talk to those professionals about your child, besides a note coming back and forth from home, um, use that time to interview them, to ask questions, to find out what you want to know. And if you need time, you know, I've been in meetings and I've said, let's take a five minute break. I needed a little time to gather my thoughts, you know, and decide what I was hoping for, for my child's future. Um, and so these are some of the tips that are in that guide. And these are some of the tips that I give parents and it's kind of about, you know, approaching things with a positive attitude, 
Um, you know, yes, we are having to fight. Sometimes we're having to advocate to get what our kids need, but there's a way to do it that if you're all communicating from the same place, if you're all using the same information to talk about the child, that's how you're going to get the best results. And um, that's why I'm excited to be doing a presentation coming up for your group. If you want to talk about that and I can share a little bit more about, um, you know, about what I'm going to be covering. Absolutely. And, and I think that's, that's a perfect segue. Absolutely. Go ahead. Um, tell, we have, we were just talking about this earlier and the, um, how, how did we come about this? That was pretty amazing because uh, you, yeah. you were, yeah, it was such, it was it, good. It was a good story. Uh, Isabel had messaged me and she's like, I'm working on getting together some presentations for my faces for autism group. Um, and I'm looking for somebody, do you know anybody who does like estate planning? Um, anybody who does anything with file organization? I think there was one other thing in there. And I said, I messaged Isabel back. I said, you are not going to believe this. I literally just wrote a blog called how to organize your IEP files. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I'll be happy to do that presentation because uh, I feel like that's one of my maybe nerdy qualities is that I think organization is very important in advocacy. Um, and so the opportunity to talk about that with a group and share those important points, um, I'm really passionate about. And, and I'm so excited because um, the universe puts you right where you need to be at exactly the right time. So you were the perfect person to be the deliverer of this wonderful information. And we're talking about organize your IEP paperwork with Kara Renninger. It is this Tuesday, 7 p.m. And they call it Eastern Daylight Time. That's right. Is that what they call yes. it? Okay. So it'll be one hour. It's the 13th. This is going to be the luckiest 13 that you could ever have April 13th. <laughs> So Tuesday night, just clear your calendar for that one um, well, hour, somewhere around there, depending upon questions and things. Mm -hmm. And I think what it is seven o'clock I have down. So yep. um, what I'm hoping is that people will come in. If you have questions that you can bring them, we are, are looking at the idea of we're going to be doing it on a Zoom of placing it on the Faces for Autism page so that people can see it live. Knowing that we are doing that, if you have any questions in advance that you would like to message us with, that you're more than welcome since it's Monday. If you would like to just join in day of and send questions, that's nice too. If you have any questions for Kara Renninger, you can reach out to her at Aligned for Learning and she'll give you all that information in a little bit. But tell people why it's important to organize their IEP paperwork. Yes, thank you for that question. It is really important. I was just working on my presentation and really getting clarity in how to communicate this with everyone that, you know, um, having what I said before is having the same information, the team using the same information to make decisions for a child's future is the best way to advocate um, without having to fight. And so having our paperwork organized is the first critical step to that. You can't really communicate with the IEP team about what your child needs if you're not working from the same document. And we do have to understand that, um, you know, at times we may go to a meeting and we may say, but this is what my child needs. And the team will disagree with us. We've all had that experience. And, you know, they have to work from the documents and the documentation that they have as a school. So we need to make sure that our child's needs are identified in the evaluation report. And that's how they're addressed in the IEP. And so making sure that we understand those documents um, that we know where they are <laughs> uh, is a, is critical. And I think, you know, so many parents, we're so busy. We have so much going on and we struggle with keeping things organized. And so I have some great tips that I'm really excited to share on how to 
make this file organization manageable for families, make it meaningful, and be able to use that information once we have it organized to advocate for our child's future. And, and those are important things that people say, oh yeah, I'll get to that paperwork sooner or later. I would much rather see that you place a certain amount of time on the calendar, you know, whether it's once a month, once a week, whatever it is to put the paperwork together. Because I know that if you do something, and I was reading about this recently, that if you do one thing every day that, um, that you should attack or not attach, attach it in some way to say you brush your teeth every day at this time of night, take out the paperwork and do it. I wouldn't want to do something at night right. and I wouldn't want to do something like this first thing in the morning. But I'm just trying to think if you, um, if you have a time where you are cleaning out a closet and that's where you keep that file, if you are attaching it to, you know, cause I am not the organized person, you are the guru as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> um, attaching it to another activity that you do. Maybe it's getting the lunch boxes together for the kids or organizing the snacks. And then you go th through and make sure that you have all those things done. So th that's something that I heard from a, yeah. an organizational expert, yeah. adding it to another activity you always do. I th and I think that's helpful for the, for the getting started part, you know, is, you know, if you came in the house with a bunch of papers, you know, like you said, right, pick a time that kind of works for you always to put them in the right place. But as I go through the presentation on Tuesday, I'm excited to share some other strategies that I think um, are really going to help all parents, especially those of us who feel really disorganized, are really going to help us um, be able to make a difference. And again, you know, the key is it starts with understanding why it's so important. And, you know, you've probably been in that situation where you wish that um, you were in a meeting and you're like, where was that in the report or who said that or uh, how can I communicate this so that they'll understand my child needs more speech or more ABA? Um, and I was talking with a good friend who happens to be a special education director recently. And we were talking about the program I'm creating, you know, we're friendly. And, um, you know, I asked her for her input and what she said really didn't surprise me at all. She said that the parents who are organized and know what's in their child's files are the easiest parents to work with. And when they make a request for the child, it's easy for the team to see that need. And they usually come to an agreement really quickly. And, you know, when she said that, I was like, that is what I call being aligned for learning. That is the whole purpose of my business. And that is the whole purpose of my mission is to help everyone get on the same, using the same information to make decisions about a child's future. So it's not what you think and what I think it's, here's what we all know. And when you use that information and when you're organized with it, it's kind of hard for people to deny a need for a child, you know, in that way. And so. Um, it, it's oh. really the best way. Well, it, I think you're you're totally on point there because you look at it and you think about it's like a job interview again because when the person the person who's the most organized, most qualified, has the answers to the questions, has their paperwork, uh, knows yeah. what the flow is. If you are in the flow, you you know it's all go. We're going to give you green lights all the way through. That's right, and and like I said, for parents, you know, you kind of asked about this difference in states earlier, and like I said. It's really not about that because we're not going, you know, my goal is not to send you into a meeting to cite off laws and different statutes and different reasons why something should happen, but to go in from an equal viewpoint. You all have the same information in the eval, you all understand it, and you're going to use that to plan the IEP. And that's the best way to communicate and collaborate with the team. And that way it's not, it's not about fighting. And, you know, you might be thinking and many other people might be thinking, but you just don't get it. Like you don't get my life. You don't know what I have to do or how I have to care for my child or 
you know, I am just not organized, but I've created a five-step system that I'm going to share um, in the presentation on Tuesday. And I believe that everybody can get organized with their child's IEP files. Well, you just sold me because the five-step <laughs> system just made me happy. Just hearing that makes me feel more organized. Well, good. Yeah, I, I really want to make it like really, you know, parent friendly. And like, I get it. I live the same life. So I understand it's not like we have all this time, you know, to spend on this or all this extra money to hire people to help us with it. So we have to come up with a system that helps us get on track, get back on track, and then some tools on how to how to do that moving forward. And I know that all parents, you know, we, we do what's best for our child. And so do the professionals that work with them, like you said. So it's our job to help communicate with them, help give them a way to, um, you know, not be the one professional at the meeting that's saying, yeah, I agree with the parent because that's uncomfortable for them at work too. So by using the same information and the same documentation, like I said, it's undeniable um, when a child's needs, you know, have to be met in a certain way based on that. So I'm going to make it fun. I'm going to make it easy on Tuesday. And I'm going to share some pro tips for everybody on how to start getting their files and paperwork organized. All right. Well, I'm excited. I'm getting out my notebook and my piece of paper to write all this, the options and the opportunities that Kara is going to offer to us. And another O word, organize your IEP paperwork with Kara Renninger. Thank you so much for being our guest on the podcast. I think that if anybody is looking for the links, we will post the Zoom link on Faces for Autism Facebook page. I will also attach it to the podcast so that if you would like to join us and you are not on Facebook, you have an opportunity to learn more. Thank you so much, Kara, for being our guest today. Yeah, thank you. And if anybody's looking to just get some additional organizing tips or um, I share cooking tips and meal planning tips and advocacy tips um, on my social media at, at Facebook and Instagram and I'm on Pinterest at Aligned for Learning. And if you would like to share anything on the Life on the Bright Side group page, please feel free to do so. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks so much, Isabel. I'm really excited to see everybody Tuesday. Yes, see everybody on Tuesday. And thank you, everyone. And enjoy your life on the bright side. Thanks for listening to Life on the Bright Side. And for this month's 30 t-shirts and 30 podcasts relating to Faces for Autism. If you'd like more information about autism or Faces for Autism, or even Life on the Bright Side, visit our website at www.faces4autism.org. Thanks so much, everyone, and have a great day. Have a great day. Bye-bye.